All right, you guys, welcome back to episode eight of JNC in the evening. We got another guest on our podcast, probably one of the best hitters I've ever played with. All right, I'm giving you that. It's a big one. We got Robert Anthony Cruz, former Nationals player, big TikTok star right now. Coach ARC. Yeah, rap all day. Thanks for doing this with us. Yeah, man. Happy to be here. Yeah. How's uh, how's it being back on campus? A little bit, a little nostalgic. Yeah. You know, I walked by the baseball field to get up here and um, there's a lot of things about baseball I don't miss, but um, walking by the field, I was like, ah, oh, there's some good memories there. I've had, I've had that too. I'm walking by, I see the pitchers doing PFPs. I'm like, yeah. oh, man, but those nine-hour game days, yeah, maybe see, on the side of... That's the stuff I don't miss, you exactly, know? So exactly, exactly, exactly. But uh, all right, let's jump right into this. I kind of want to start with you getting drafted by, or getting signed by the Nationals at least mm-hmm. for that experience. And I knew that video of your dad, that was big talk us through kind of what that experience was yeah well the weeks leading up to the draft i think most players usually have a pretty good idea that they're going to either get picked up or not uh for me i did not know that like i didn't talk to any scouts the weeks leading up to the draft i was so sure that i wasn't going to get signed that the day before um that last day of the draft i went to raging waters with Gigi, my girlfriend at the time now wife um went to raging waters and got season passes for the rest of the year because i was like you know what uh at least like i can go to this water park while i'm sad about not getting drafted um so i was like certain i wouldn't get signed um it was the morning of the last day of the draft it was a tuesday and um i was coping with my sadness through playing minecraft um so i was playing my minecraft survival world and um kind of had my draft tracker on my phone watching the last names get picked and um so yeah i i was kind of sad drowning my sorrows in minecraft and, and i got a phone call from dc um and you know got the offer my mom was like listening downstairs um so i had a pretty cool moment with my mom when i first got signed and um after that, I was going to call my dad on the phone and tell him, hey, like, because I knew he was watching the, the draft and, you know, knew that I didn't get signed, at least not in the draft. And so I was going to call him up and and tell him the news. But I was like, ah, this is kind of big news. I should I should go tell him in person, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so my mom was like, hey, can I tag along? I was like, all right, sure. Um, so, you know, went to Lids, picked up a hat and then my mom came with me. And I specifically remember in the parking lot briefing my mom i was like look i really want this video to not like come out terrible because my mom sometimes has been known to like you know <laughs> let's just say the framing isn't the best exactly you know? i mean what mom isn't like that you uh, know? yeah With the yeah pictures it's not their best quality for sure yeah. we love all our of all of our moms out there but yes the camera work could be a little could especially be for something exciting like that too right yeah, exactly. like it's all fidgety and whatnot yeah yeah so you want to you want to capture that moment in the best way possible so i was like all right mom like keep me in the center here right here perfect okay so actually the the video that i posted on tiktok that that blew up i it's like a four minute video and i think the first minute is like me briefing her in the parking lot like all right mom we got <laughs> to make sure we get this right <laughs> um so yeah w- walked in there and obviously you you know you guys have maybe seen the video it's, yes it's been a, a little over a year now but um but yeah that was just really special and um it i think signified a lot of obviously hard work and um it was really cool to be able to share that moment with my dad and my dad's such a quiet guy so having him in the spotlight for a couple of weeks was pretty fun too (laughs) i agree i mean obviously too 
tapping the hard worker that he is. And mm-hmm. I think my favorite video was the after video of you guys, you and your dad jumping that fence <laughs> to where you probably yeah, yeah. hit batting practice all the time. Mm-hmm. I feel like just you, you were, was there anything going through your head? Like I'm, I'm a major league ball player now swing at that stadium that you played, mm-hmm. probably played little league with batting practice, whatever it was. Yeah, it was super cool. It was, yeah, that, that whole week was a whirlwind after I got picked up. I was in the middle of planning getting a ring for me to get engaged. Yeah, that's and, right. I was like, yeah. that's, a, that's a hectic couple of weeks for you. Seriously, it was like, I got signed on Tuesday. I mean, had interviews with like ABC and you know a couple different news stations like every day for like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Got engaged on Saturday, uh, and then left Sunday morning for Florida. So. Yeah, kind of a hectic week. But, yeah, that batting practice, that last BP with my dad was, was really special. Um, and also some of Gigi's little cousins got to come out and got to sign their hats. and so it, was, it was a fun fun week for sure. I mean, you can't can't write it up any better than that. That's <laughs> yeah, for sure. It was really special, man. Yeah. Did you go straight to spring training after you got signed? Yeah, yeah. So there's a the spring training facility in Florida. Yeah, I got signed in, like, June or July. Um, but – yeah, the guys right when they sign, they go to their like med- main headquarters. Um, so that yeah, that was located in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida. So I, I went down there right after I got signed. What was that experience like? Like being around all those like super talented ball players. I'm sure you've never been around like a, a group of ball players like that. What was that like? Yeah, yeah. No, no bile baseball, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? There actually was though, <laughs> Troy. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That was different though. That was really cool. A lot of. Uh, I was surprised. I, I was kind of like the old guy. You know, I went in there and I was expecting to be like, you know, a kid like looking around at all these big guys. But I got up there and I was like, oh, I'm actually one of the older guys here and have a lot more life experience than most of these kids. You know, these kids are like 18 years old. Like, you know fresh out of high school so um but yeah it was a really cool experience getting to walk into the locker room and um even just the paperwork and all that was just was really special um and yeah facility is pretty sweet too (laughs) yeah i bet getting to put on that nats jersey was pretty surreal also yeah yeah man It, it really was but it's funny it was actually delayed by like two weeks when i first got signed because in all that craziness of that week i ended up getting covid and that was when it was, you know, more of a big deal back then. And um, so I had to, like, sit out for, like, three weeks right after I got there. Um, so I got signed. I was, like, ready to get going. And then I had to sit in my hotel room by myself for, like, three weeks. And I can't, So that, that was a little bit of a bummer. But oh, that might have been the worst. I just yeah. cooped up in there for two weeks. I'll drive a man insane. Yeah. No, I know. I, I snuck off to the beach a few times. You know, don't tell anybody. I think <laughs> I think it's not as bad. As oh, yeah. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> We're only on the Internet right yeah, now. Yeah. Don't don't tell anybody. But <laughs> yeah, man. So um, speaking of that video of you and your dad, um, is that kind of what segued into like your social media presence and like your TikTok following? Yeah. Good question. It, it is actually that's um, uh, unforeseen blessing for sure, because I, I got around 150,000 followers from that video on TikTok, Um, and I didn't really know what to do with it at the time. I was like, well, all these people follow me for this one event, but like, what do I do now? So <laughs> I didn't really post much except for just random videos here and there. Um, and then, um, but yeah, that, that definitely jump started my, my uh social media career if you will (laughs) yeah how'd you find like your niche of like coaching like you said you didn't know what to do with that following Mm -hmm. like when did it like click like oh like these coaching videos are doing like really well yeah good question i 
I got released earlier this year, and and when I got released, I had like a month of just kind of sitting around, uh, talking to a few other teams, trying to work out deals. Didn't work out. Um, so after a month of sitting around, I was like, all right, I gotta you gotta do something with my time. And finally, I came to the realization. I was like, well, I'm I'm sitting on this following, and I know a thing or two about baseball. Like, I feel like I can, and I know my way around a camera. Like, I. I'll just, you know, start posting videos. So I resolved. I was like, for three months straight, I'm going to post every single day um, some form of coaching content. I'm just going to stick to it for the summer see where it goes. Um, and I, after posting my first, like, you know, week worth of videos, I had took my following from, like, 150 to, like, 175,000. So I got, like, 25K in the first week. And I was like, okay, well, I think I'm going to keep this up. <laughs> and uh, now we're six months later, you know, obviously still keeping it up. I think the most, the craziest part about that statement was you kind of made like, oh, a mental and physical commitment, just doing such a small thing like that, mm -hmm. just, oh, posting once a day. Because at that time, during COVID, that's all people are doing is on their phones scrolling. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. And I just, it's unreal because I know buddies of mine too that are just, or friends of buddies that post stuff like that and they just get blown up like that. Mm -hmm. I remember seeing your... Um, your wife like showing to how to hit a curveball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was one of a good start to your big social media career. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, that was that was a fun one to record. I was like, Gigi, I don't know how this is gonna go, but uh, if you don't mind, like, go ahead and step into the box. And and I didn't tell her what what kind of pitch was gonna be coming, but you know that curveball happened to be starting, you know, like right at around her head area and then broke over into the into the you know strike zone so that was kind of man it looked, it looked nasty yeah it was, it was a rude awakening to how hard it is to hit a baseball but <laughs> oh yeah she, she took it like a champ though <laughs> people who are watching hitting a baseball is very difficult it is yeah not easy no doubt not easy but i mean as you're an internet coach um what has your been your favorite part of really coaching online like this yeah uh well i guess there's a couple things first of all it, it's really cool getting to see success stories i guess saying hey like this mental i used to struggle with confidence now i feel a little bit more confident at the plate you know those kind of uh success examples are really encouraging to me because i think baseball is just such a mental game and i think that's been my goal from the start uh when i started making these coaching videos like i want to help people out not just physically because there's a lot of great coaches out there who help people in the physical way but um i want to help kids mentally uh, i want them to not feel so uh scared to fail i want people to be able to play the game freely um and not worry about not to worry so much about performance you know focus on the process and it's such a cliche statement but it really does need to be something that is something that needs to be spoken to kids who are playing the game at a young age especially because the commercialization of youth sports um it's so easy to compare yourself to somebody else or get worried about your performance and, and when you're like 12 years old, and I don't think that it should be the case. So I guess that's part of um, the impact that I want to have also. It's such a big thing because these co these players are so worried. And this is this was for me too when I was playing the game. They're so worried about almost like imp need, they need to impress the coach. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that can get, that can get a, in a, a big way of just your mental and physical game. So mm -hmm. I think with your teaching of the physical game the mental game is just as important i feel like would be one of my favorite things mm -hmm. to be coaching about yeah no absolutely mm -hmm. it's uh it's one of those crazy things that just happens because the mental game is super big i've been i've mm -hmm. taught i've followed tom house yep, and he's yep, big yep. on the mental game totally. as well 
but would you ever would you ever be like a real a coach like even starting in high school yeah funny you should ask that i on my way here i was like really given thought to i offered like a, a jv job at the the high school that i played at um and i was thinking about it obviously i'd be getting a little bit of a pay cut you know doing that but and i'd probably still keep up making videos even if i did that but it's definitely something i've, I've thought about i think it's i, I really want to have an impact um in the lives of you know some up and coming young players i want to have an impact in their lives on and off the field and i think being able to you know see the same kids every day for several months you know with the commonality of baseball i think it's a great great place to be able to mentor and so i i've definitely thought about it i'm not sure if i'll start in the next couple of years but um it's definitely something i, I could see in the future mm -hmm. we were talking about before before this how you're doing a kind of a showcase a show camp mm -hmm. with other tiktok influencers which would be such a great opportunity for other kids kind of touch on that a little more yeah yeah so it's called not your average baseball camp um my friend Ange and i got the idea because there's so many big names on baseball even in the baseball coaching sphere there's a bunch of accounts that kind of everyone who's following baseball just know about you know what i mean like uh, and so it was my thought, well, you know, these kids are scrolling on their phones all day. Like, it'd be cool to be able to connect with these people in person. Um, so, I, you know, we got the idea just a, just a few weeks ago. And since then, we've, like, been uh, running around like chickens with their head cuts off, <laughs> heads cut off. Um, but, yeah, so, so we're getting all kinds of big-name coaches out there. Um, a couple we haven't revealed yet, so, um, you know, can't quite say it just yet, but, um, but yeah, our, the goal is to just get a bunch of these creators that kids always watch on the internet, be able to connect with them in person and have some, you know, solid role models to, to, to look up to. And, uh, beyond that, just, just have some fun with the game. I, I, so many, uh, camps and, um, showcase tournaments are so based around okay let's find the absolute best player here and then everyone else is gonna you know whatever we'll just ignore them right i went to a couple camps growing up and showcases and like i was kind of a late bloomer so i, I was never uh, like same here yeah yep. i kind of showed up went through the motions did a couple of reps and left right and um you know the goal for this camp is like now let's let's start developing relationships with some of these kids let's encourage these kids to develop relationships with their teammates and so we're going to do some a lot of different fun things uh a guy who's going to be there like dalton malden you know who's on the savannah bananas um i love what the savannah bananas are doing for baseball because they're incorporating an element of fun into the game that has never been there before it's been such a rigid sport um and so we're wanting to bring a little bit of that to the nyabc um so that's kind of just a small picture uh into the vision but i think in the future i want to start moving in that direction where i can connect with um the kids who usually watch me over the internet like i want to connect with those people more in person um yeah that's kind of a goal of mine i think it's super important like you said the fun aspect of baseball when they go to this showcase with all a bunch of big celebrity names on the internet mm -hmm. they don't have to worry about impressing anybody mm -hmm. yeah, yeah and I, they can really just play true free baseball and in this camp they could play what would what would you kind of put into this what would you kind of how would you run this camp yeah all? yeah good question so at the moment the plan is we're gonna have an opening ceremony night and and for that opening ceremonies we're gonna play a game and so i think a lot of the coaches it's almost gonna be like a celebrity softball style game um you're gonna see a bunch of content creators you're always making tiktoks and you get to see them you know play on a baseball field that'll be like the first night kind of just fun 
um, the the next days of the camp are going to have coaches are going to have their own stations and so you know there's going to be groups to say 10 kids and and they'll get to start out say at my station and i'll talk to them about the mental game um each kid's going to have a little notebook that's going to have the bios of every coach there and little places where they can get signatures if that's something that they're interested in um and then every single day of the camp we're going to have one camp wide tiktok video that we're going to make so we're going to do some, we're going to do some research on you know whatever tiktok trends are big at the time and we're going to see if we can organize a whole camp of a few hundred kids and coaches um you know to make this to see if we can get a video to go viral you know just have fun with it i feel like it's going to be a fun you know bonding activity and um, I, I think the kids will, will enjoy it as well. So that's kind of a picture of what the, the camp's going to look like from a day-to-day basis. But my goal really is to take the specialties of all of these different coaches. So whether the coach's specialty is a trick, you know, trick plays on the Savannah Bananas and, you know, twerking at second base, like, okay, <laughs> then, then go do that, you know. So I want each coach to work in their strength zones, uh, myself included. And um, I want to just get, you know, a group of talented people in one place that, that the kids can benefit from. That's awesome. Kids out there, be on the lookout for that camp, definitely. Yes, that's right. I kind of want to go, like, off of, like, your coaching because you, like, really break down the game from, like, a very, like, technical standpoint. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of great ball players like yourself who aren't very good at coaching and, like, mm-hmm. noticing things like that. So where does that kind of come from? If you could, like, point, like, an aspect to where yeah. that comes from. Yeah, well, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, I think I've had a lot of good and bad coaches in my time playing don't we all yeah yeah i mean everyone can probably relate to that but i want to speak to one coach that specifically inspired me Uh, his name's jeff garber and this is actually within the past you know year and a half like he was one of my he was like the infield coordinator with the nationals when i first got signed and you know jeff came up to me on several occasions and he was like hey man like I see the way you're working. I see how much work you're putting in. I see the way you listen to me with your eyes. He was like, I was just like you when I was coming up. And he was like, look, I never made it to the big leagues. He's like, I got signed. I got stuck in double A. Like I just stopped playing. Um, but he, he told me, he was like, but for me, like I always just absorbed everything that everyone told me. And he was like, it didn't necessarily serve me that well in my own playing career. But he was like, if you ever want to get into coaching, like the way that you intentionally listen is going to make it so that you're going to be a great coach and you're going to be able to, you know, re like re communicate a lot of these different concepts that, that I've been communicating to you. Um, and so I think I have put a lot of work into, um, I, I haven't had like, how do I put this? I, I didn't have too many hitting coaches growing up. I, I had one hitting coach, Kip Gross, when I was like 17 and 18 years old in high school, and that was it. Before that, I didn't really have any other coaches. And so as a result, I kind of had to learn on my own, and, and I usually did that through video feedback and stuff like that. But I guess I'm just a big believer in uh, learning. Uh, th- I'm a big believer in that every co- every player, excuse me, every player has their own um, has their own way of doing things, has their own way of hitting. And baseball is such a technical sport and there's so much uniqueness to each player. And yes. so my goal as a coach is to not teach kids exactly what I know and exactly how to do things the way that I learned them. But my goal is to give them bigger, broader concepts for them to understand so that they can become their own best coach, if that makes sense, and be able to do things that you know for their own style. Yeah, there's nothing worse than a coach that tries to make every single kid on the team have the same exact swing. That yeah. is the worst thing ever. Yeah. That really separates like a great like high school coach from like someone who's super average, you know, and doesn't really know the game like they think they do. Yeah. Um so kind of going off that too, when you're trying to make content, like what 
what do you what makes you decide like what you're gonna make a video on like do you scroll through like your comments and see what people are asking you about or, like what kind of goes into that yeah uh it's it's kind of a weird process and it's there's not too much rhyme or reason to it usually yeah sometimes i'll respond to a comment and i'll get an idea uh, sometimes I'll do be doing private lessons and then something will come up and I'm like, ooh, that'd be a good video. And then I go make a video on it. But uh, honestly, most of my video ideas have came at like 11 p.m., you know, 12 a.m. <laughs> That's when how I, it is. Yeah. Well, like, you just sleep in my – oh, got to write that down. Yes. <laughs> like, it's like it. It's like the second my head hits the pillow, it's like, oh, I've got like seven good ideas for a video. So I made it a habit to just like right when I lay down, if I happen to have an idea – then uh, I go grab my phone and I write out as much stuff as I can on it. And then that ends up turning into a script and then that turns into a video. So I, I think that's usually been my process so far is just wait till I'm falling asleep and then I get all my, get all my Isn't ideas. Isn't that the worst but the best? Yeah. Right when yeah. you're about to go get some relaxation and five, six, seven good ideas come out, you're like, well, this stinks, but <laughs> yeah. now it's good now. But it's worth it's it. Like, yeah. yeah. It's worth it. Yeah. But yeah, it is inconvenient when, when you're trying to sleep. But yeah, that's that's been how I've been getting my ideas for the most part. Nice. I want to touch a little bit on your client base too. Did you coach before you did TikTok or, okay. So like, obviously you got signed by the nationals mm -hmm. and you're a great uh, collegiate player. Did most of your clients come to you because of TikTok or is it because you were signed by the nationals and like your player pedigree? Yeah. Well, my first off season, um, after I got signed. So last fall, I got most of my, um, most of my clients through the fact that I was a professional player like there was a, a travel team nearby my house called the crush and they had a facility they worked out of the owner reached out to me and was like hey man if you want to do lessons you can do them here um and so i was like okay cool so most of the people who booked lessons for me there they kind of just booked lessons with me because um they knew that I, I played pro ball um and then in the past like six months i i haven't been doing too many lessons like if someone really like reaches out to me is like hey i really want to book something then i'll i'll do lessons but up until like the past week or two, I, I haven't really done too many lessons because I've just been focusing on, on putting out content. You're one of the few people who actually puts out lessons too, I feel like, when you were for these social media yeah, know, yeah. outgoers. I mean, I think that's awesome. Thanks. You're, you're saying like one of the only people who does lessons like with kids in person? Or? Yeah, well, if, when you have this platform with, it, usually it's just these low, low profile, good, these hitting coaches, uh -huh. but you don't see these... You don't see a lot of TikTok stars doing these doing these lessons like you're yeah, doing. Yeah, I know yeah. you're just offering that, which is I think that's a big breakthrough, and that could be producing for more of your content. Yeah, definitely. I I need to. I, I'm definitely planning on recording lessons. It's it's a tedious process for me, like taking an hour long lesson and then like trying to cut up some oh, yeah. good content out of it. Oh yeah. And like I, I'm gonna end up doing it because I think there's a lot of value in it. Um, and I think that it would kind of show my coaching in action more i guess because up to this point it's kind of just me talking at the camera um, yeah so yeah i, I want to move into that space but at the moment i don't have the the bandwidth for it so nah, maybe a couple more hundred thousand followers to get a good payroll on yeah the squad <laughs> with squad rack yeah that'd be positive with that when you're when you are coaching baseball is such a weird sport to navigate when it comes to workouts when it comes to different yeah. throwing styles like people are like oh no long toss and some people are like oh yes long toss mm -hmm. people are like pitchers shouldn't bench press and then people are like it doesn't matter how did you kind of navigate through those weird kind of those weird at least aspects of baseball yeah good question for me i i had this overall philosophy with training that as long as i stay consistent then it doesn't matter how 
um, efficiently I'm working, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. I tried a lot of different things with regards to, you know, weight training, mobility, all that stuff. Um, and I don't think I worked out in the most efficient way. And I don't think I trained in the most efficient way. I'm sure there's better ways that I could have trained. Oh, yeah. But for me, my goal was as long as I'm staying consistent and putting in work every single day, that's taking me one step closer to my goals. Um, as long as I have the consistency, then I don't care how perfect I get it with my training. So I guess, and then through that, I kind of learned what worked for me, what didn't work for me, you know, pulled my hamstring a couple times, realized I needed to do some things differently, you know, in the weight room. And so I kind of just listened to my body and then focused more on being consistent opposed to having the perfect plan. There you go. Training right. kind of goes off like the uniqueness of players that you like you mentioned before. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. definitely. You got to realize the player you are because some guys are, you know, lightning fast running a 6260 and you're like, "Okay, well, for that guy, you don't really have to worry about, you know, moving crazy heavy weight. Like stay agile, stay quick and and, you know, play your best card." If you're a guy who's, you know, Frank Thomas in the box, like, all right, yeah, go, go, <laughs> go squat five plates, you know, do your thing. Um, but, yeah, you got to understand what kind of player you are, and I think a lot of times that should educate um, the way that you train. I agree. All right. I want to kind of put your coaching to the test. We're going to do a little <laughs> in be- middle podcast coaching right now all with right. Coach Rack. All right. One of my questions is when you're in the box – What's the best way to pick up a pitcher's arm slot? Mm, yeah, good. Because I saw a video of this, and I think it, it, it could be a solution, but mm-hmm. I want to hear your thoughts on it first. Yeah, and I think I know exactly what video you're talking about, and I'm going to rip off his answer. So Do it. Richie Schaefer, big leaguer, um, he talks about looking where the pitcher's glove is. The glove, is. yes. Yeah, look where the pitcher's glove is, and usually that's where the arm ends up. Um, it, it's funny. I never picked up on the, the glove tendency per se. So I just got that. That probably would have served me well in my playing career. Um, But what I would always look for is when I'm on deck, I would just take a peek at what their arm slot is. And then mentally, I would imagine that I was seeing the ball from the perspective of home plate. And I'm visualizing, I'm sorry, Mike, (laughs) I'm visualizing (laughs) where the arm slot would be. And I try to get as many mental reps as I possibly could. Um, and then when I step up to the box, I would usually first at bat off of somebody, I would just see a pitch just to see if it aligns with how I imagined it. Um, and then from there, it's already like, as if I've seen a lot of pitches and and then at least for me mentally, that would help me feel better. So that's what I would say. Yeah. Look at the arm slot when you're in the dugout, when you're on deck, prepare in that way. And then I think another go-to is the way Richie Schaefer described it. Just look for where the glove is. The hand will probably follow. It checks out. I think it does, yeah. at least, because I'm looking at I'm looking at major league players, and at least obviously they have the the back the back from the back view of home plate, and I'll go to my favorite pitchers like Walker Buehler or Stroman, yeah. And Walker Buehler's got that big kind of really, he's got that wide arm path, and he kind of puts that glove up, and I'm like pause it right there, and I kind of put my finger right there on the camera. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. Like, where is this? And it's it's, it's pretty close. It pretty damn close yeah, yeah so i wish right I, I wish i kind of knew that as a hitter obviously that's why i was a po <laughs> yeah your, your hitting career was was kind of yeah thwarted by that i'm serious it's a game changer if you could pick up the ball just like slightly earlier it um yeah, that helps a ton and, and hitting so much about anticipation so mm-hmm. uh, that helps you anticipate a little better i think some hitters problems is they look i feel like well this is what i learned from one of my hitting coaches back in when i hit in mm-hmm. high school they look like to the left or the right of where the arm slot is. So if a guy's a left-hander, they'll probably look on the right side of their head and kind of hopefully the 
arm slot and the ball appears there. Sure, sure. And have you kind of heard something like that where it's it could be kind of difficult to pick up, or where should you where should your eyes kind of be when you're kind of out when you're looking at the at the at the pitcher? Yeah. So there's this concept of like peak focus, and there's not too much research on it, but uh, there's a lot of information that suggests that you can only have peak focus for just a few seconds at a time. And when you're hitting like something like a baseball, like it, you have to have like your best focus exactly. in play, right? So, um, so what I would try to do is I would kind of just like zone out my eyes to where I'm not really focused on anything at all, and I'd be that way while I was in the box, and not focused on anything. And then when I see the pitcher begin his windup or lift his leg from the stretch, then I lock in my focus right on that spot where I had already predetermined like where his arm okay. slot would be. I would lock in on that one spot. That's where I was looking for the ball. And just for like the second before he releases the ball, that's when I'm like really focusing on that area. So I would kind of like let my mind wander, go do whatever it was going to do uh, in between pitches. And then when he came time to pitch, that, that's when I just last second locked in my yeah, focus. Yeah, because usually you don't want your eyes staring at something for too long or else yeah. it gets weird. You want kind of that eye movement where I've heard people – people's my people's set of looking the pictures and actually in the eye yeah yeah and then they go over and to then the you transition. move yeah no i like that too and and a lot of times that kind of like builds up a little bit of fight inside you so that it was does. that was something i did actually my senior year at biola like that was that was another thing i would do it, it depended on the at bat but sometimes i would kind of like look out but if it was a guy who like a tough situation and i like had to mentally get myself in the state of mind where i'm like oh i gotta go compete uh yeah i'd shoot stare the guy right in his eyes and and uh and then go compete i love that i want to i i'm glad you said senior biola because i want to bring back i want to bring back a memory <laughs> okay this okay. was my first year at biola we were playing azusa pacific and there's an incident happened before the game obviously that kind of screwed us as a team in general but i want to talk about and this is, I feel like, the kind of the bottom base of your social media presence, <laughs> at least. I mean, it's bad that I had to start in a negative way, but the bat flip against Azusa Pacific, where yeah, we thought every, I think, ninety nine percent of the crowd thought it was gone, and it's just, I guess, the the baseball gods had other plans. They did, man. The wind was blowing in. Um, yeah, it's funny. That was like a very humbling experience, and at the time, I was like, oh man, why did this have to happen to me? Um, and you know, obviously. Yeah, that just didn't sit well in my stomach for a long time, right? Uh, um, but in hindsight now, like I, I see it as one of the the more uh, growing experiences for me. It, it made me feel very Im- impervious to any uh, social media pressure, I guess. It was like, all yeah. right, well, that seemed like a pretty low point. It doesn't get much lower than that. Um, and so from that point on, it was like, when, especially when I started making coaching videos, you know, obviously there's tons of people commenting negative things and whatnot, oh, but haters, um, man. yeah, of course they're going to be there. But I think that, uh, that moment, while it was very unpleasant at the time, um, you know, now in hindsight, a few years later, it's like, okay, as I started off my TikTok career, it's like, well, if a video doesn't do well, I'm like, eh, I don't really care if someone comments something. I'm like, eh, I don't really care. So yeah. it's really helped me separate the online presence from my real life, you know, activities. Um, and I think it's kind of a blessing because, um, yeah, it's made it so that my social media doesn't really weigh, it doesn't have any weight on my life outside of social media, which makes it nice to be able to go relax. You know, I was just out in, just out in, uh, on a cruise out in Mexico for the, the past, you know, week. And you can't beat that. Yeah, you can't. And I was able to like really unwind and not worry about my social media, have my phone off for a couple of days, have things auto posting, you know? And so, um, 
yeah, I think that that whole experience, yeah, definitely not not a pleasant one for me. In hindsight, it was kind of funny, right? Um, but uh, yeah, I think in those unpleasant moments, uh, a lot of times that's when you grow the most. I think, and that I, was that was my experience. I remember the punishment too. Of the the fa- my favorite part was the 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 broadcast call of oh, the actual on loop. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, that was, was tough, man. It was so guys was getting tough. injured left and right. Oh yeah, that that was a mess. Of what a, a time scene. to look back and smile upon. Yeah, well, <laughs> I guess so, for um, sure. Yeah, man. World Series picks. Questions? Yeah, <laughs> let's do the World Series picks. So I think we, got, we, I think we knew, right, we learned yeah, what we needed to exactly. know. Exactly. Yeah. So we got, we had, we want, we want to do a fun game okay. with you. All right, all and right. I have this set up to where. We are doing three rounds of the best World Series teams. All right, all right. I'm going to give you the draft board right here. Okay. And you could do winners or losers of this. This is We'll just do the 2000s. We'll do the past two. We'll keep this right here. Okay, perfect. And we'll do 2000s, 2010s, and we'll do three rounds. Cruz, you will have first pick. All right. Of the best. Of, we could You could do, obviously, like I said, losers. And it'll be 2000s to 2022. If you're looking at this, okay. Number one overall pick for a best World Series team. Number one overall pick. Um, okay, I am gonna have to go with the 2018 Red Sox. You know what? That was my pick. <laughs> really? Darn. That is. That was. Such, I, I thought that would be like a sleeper. That I, is such a lethal team. They, you know, that's what I'm saying. The Dodgers were so good. They have been so good. Yeah. For the past like ten years, right? But that year, I felt like the Dodgers were still like exceptionally good. They had just came off the World Series with the Astros, um, and all that going on. The Dodgers were just as good as they were the year before. They went up against the Red Sox, and they were just completely outmatched in every aspect of the game. I was like, oh, my gosh, this team is unbelievable. Like, it, nice. the Dodgers should not gotten, have gotten 4 one by anybody, um, but the Red Sox did it with ease. They kind of cruised their way through that whole playoff. So, I, yeah, 2018 you Red Sox. You know what's funny about that Dodger team? They barely won the division that year. Yeah, yeah. Barely won it. And Even despite we, their – because they had that stretch in September that was brutal. But yeah. they were still incredible, obviously, like lineup-wise. Um, but, yeah. Darn, I I knew it was gonna happen with the 2018 Red Sox team, but I didn't. I was ready for the that and the geared up. All right, my first pick. I don't want to go with a losing team. I have the losing team I want, and I think we all know. But we're gonna save that for like I'm gonna go with the 2016 Chicago Cubs. Yeah, that team was Cinderella story. That team was pretty dadgum special, and the Anthony Rizzo, Ben Zobris against the Cleveland Indians. There's not much more to say about that team. Yeah, I mean it was fantastic. Yeah, no doubt. 106 team. All right, who's your pick, Caleb? I'm also going Cinderella route. I'm from NorCal, so I'm a huge Giants fan. Okay, so I'm going yep. 2014 Giants. Oh, wow. my Mad gosh. Bum literally Ooh. carried the Giants. Yeah, yeah. yeah, third straight. Yeah, the, the even year, the end of the even year period. Yeah, that magical time. Dude, what is with the Giants signing Jock Peterson to $19 million? Did what, they really? What's yeah, with you guys it was a losing? Qualifying offer. You guys lost Tyler Anderson, so I don't want to hear it. No, I, well, he's making less <laughs> than his qualifying offer. Jock Peterson's barely worth worth five million bucks. Oh, wow, he got paid. He 19? got paid. Yeah, Whew, I, I mean know. that just shows that the Giants are not in on Judge. That's we should be right. saving for Judge. That's true. <laughs> yeah, well, true. when you're signing I, Jock I see, like that, here's here's my philosophy on the Giants. They should just try and get like the worst team possible with no big names, and they seem to win the World Series every That's time fast. they do That's that. What I'm saying. Yeah. Back they, in they 2021 too, that, they had yeah, no they, they always have some games. They have like the yeah the most underwhelming teams, and they those teams are the ones that do the best. So I, if I'm them, I'm just like going with these low budget guys for my entire team because they'll probably probably win the World Series anyways. 
Exactly. <laughs> All right, you're at your second round pick, Cruz. Who are you taking? Yeah, second round. Um, uh, let's see. This is tough. It is a tough. I've um, seen a lot of good teams up there. Yeah, no doubt. I I'm gonna have to go with the 2001 Diamondbacks. That was a good team. Was that Randy Johnson? Yeah, and and Luis Gonzalez, Gonzalez. hit the walk off home run or home run, sorry, walk off single to win it. Off Mariano too. Off Mariano, and that was that. I think what was so special about that is if you look at the previous like three World Series winners, it was like Yankees, Yankees, yeah. Yankees, and they they were in it for like like their fourth or fifth straight year or something ridiculous like that, and then the Diamondbacks of all teams. Like they're the ones to knock them out in Nuts, seven yeah. games with a walk off hit. So I got, I got, I got Diamondbacks. It's a very underrated pick because yeah. a lot of people are focusing on. I mean, at least for my time, yeah, I was yeah. on the 2010s team. Sure, sure. It's an underrated pick. Yeah. All right, I gotta do the 2017 Dodgers. Mm. Even though they lost, it was one of the best teams I've seen to this yes. day. Yeah, yeah. Taking the cheating Astros to seventeen to, to seven <laughs> games. Yeah. And I know you're a Dodger that game, fan too, bro. What was it? Game five of that series was where it went like oh, at the, back and forth. It was like thirteen to twelve. Yes, Crazy. and Chris Taylor hits that base hit up the middle. That was one of the best games, or honestly, best series I've seen ever. And yeah, that Dodger team was fun to watch. It was. They were playing nothing to lose. Even Puig was on yeah. that team, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, Puig was the. Soul of that team, Brandon, now he's going to be in jail for five years. I mean, nine hundred dollars of bets or nine hundred bets, which yeah. is crazy. But that team was lethal. They really were. That's Can't a, go that's wrong. A, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. I'm gonna go with this past year's World Series winner. I'm gonna go Astros. The 2022 yeah, Astros. They were so good. Super they dominant were. on their side of the playoff bracket yep. until they hit the Phillies. But the I Phillies was gonna say the Phillies are pretty darn good. I was gonna say, are you worried that the Astros won six games with an only an 88 win team? Is that would that was that holding back your pick a little bit? Well, honestly, I was just <laughs> impressed that they they swept the Yankees. Right? They the Yankees did. didn't even get a game. Yeah, they wow. swept throughout. They, they swept all the way through yeah. until yeah. the World Series. I oh, yeah, because the Mariners didn't win a game either. Yeah, wow. they didn't. It was tough. But the Mariners, that one game, it was, I think it was game three, that wild card. It was 0-0. It was like in the 15th, 18th. Oh, game. yeah, that was nuts. My uh, my buddy went to that game. I was like, that was probably one of the most boring games you've ever went to. But it's like, he's a diehard Mariners. It was Brandon McLean. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, and his brother. And he, they went, they all went to that game. So it was a long, silent <laughs> on a cold yeah. Seattle night, yeah. cold Seattle night. But I, I respect the Astros pick. They've shown that they can be a good team without using the bang bang without yeah. the trash cans. Yeah. yeah, I believe I'm on. Hate they're the, good. I hate the, yeah, they're good. No, I mean, no, no doubt about it. No they're, doubt they're about a great it. Team. All right, Cruz number three. My number three pick. I've got some weird ones so far on the board. Um, <laughs> but let's see. I might as well keep the keep the trend going. I'm gonna go to the 2008 Phillies. Oh, because you know, they're on my radar a little bit. Yeah, I I watched the the Phillies. I watched that whole playoff series and the Dodgers once again. You know, obviously, if you haven't noticed yet, they were they were my team growing up. Uh, they were playing the Dodgers, and in the championship series they knocked them off in 2008 they also knocked them off the following year in 2009 but the 2008 phillies though were so dominant like they were even i mean they went up against the rays which was also kind of a cinderella story at the time but the the rays were really good that year but the phillies had like shane victorino chase utley ryan howard jimmy rollins like they were a very very fun team to watch um, I got yeah, 2008. They Phillies. were nasty. Cause I, how long do you remember how many games it took the Dodgers to like, or how many games they played against the Dodgers in that the year? I, I want to say it was like five or six. They, they they took them out pretty pretty handily. Yeah, 
that's no business. That's that's nasty work for the Phillies. All right, uh, my third and final pick. Golly, this is. I don't want to. I have the 2012 Giants floating in my head right mm-hmm. now just because they swept, but I can't pick a NorCal team. Nah, no, that's way. not me. I want to go with the. I'm gonna go with the 2004 Red Sox. Yeah, yep. that team. Yeah, man, what an absolute run. Yeah, 30 for 30 on them in ESPN. It was a legendary World Series. I think you know Sox. someone on that team too, don't you? Uh, yeah, maybe a little someone, but yeah, <laughs> someone who might have stole the base to get them going on that. Uh, is that so, Dave Roberts? Yeah, shout out, shout out to my good friend, Mr. Roberts. You know, I'm picking them for you, and they're also a good team. <laughs> they, yeah, sure. that's that's a great pick. Great pick. All right, I think I just won this draft. Oh, I'm going no. 2019 Washington Nationals. Yeah. <laughs> Nats, that's baby. Yeah, Nats. All right, Juan Soto, Scherzer. Yeah. Uh, Trey Turner was still on the team. Yep, they're nasty. And that Howie Kendrick with the grand team. slam in Dodger Stadium. Howie Kendrick was fun to watch what the that heck year. He breakout year, that? bro. Yeah, that was crazy. Out of nowhere, he was like end of his career, and then just hit a second wind. He's Great. a former Dodger too, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 he was on the Dodgers. Maybe even either earlier that year, or the year before, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that ticked me off so much. Seeing him, seeing him, made him pay. Mess the like mess the Dodgers up in the NL. In the NLDS, yeah, that took the soul out of me. When yeah, when you hit that home run, I was okay. Like, what was oh. worse, Nationals or the Padres knocking you guys out? Oh, let's oh not speak of the Padres, yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> it's just too soon. That's just such a. If I have to say one, maybe the Padres. Yeah, divisional rival. I, yeah. I'm from San Diego. I hate the Padres. <laughs> I hate them so much. The Slam Diego stuff. Yeah. Granted, it's clever, but I hate them. <laughs> it was yeah. a good run for the Padres. Um, I'll give credit where credit's due, but I don't like the Padres fan base at all. Yeah, They're just as bad as Giants fan base. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm playing. <laughs> all right, that is all the time we got. Um, thank you guys for tuning into this great episode. Cruz, thank you once again for doing this. Yeah, It man. was truly a pleasure to have on. More than welcome to come back on to talk more baseball and coaching. Love to have you. More questions I want to pick with you as well. Cool. We got to golf soon. Yes. I, no, we really do. I low-key kind of called you out on TikTok in a, in a complimented and nice yes, way. Yes, yes, yes. We got to golf soon. Dude, you know? we do. We, we got to – I mean, we should play a game of scramble, you know, like most ex-baseball players. Oh, are yeah. not, not the greatest, you know, golfer <laughs> out there, but no. I, I love it, man. I That transition has been so much fun. That's been consuming all of my – free time it's addicting now it really is man. when you're not when i'm not here when you're not making content yeah driving range course yeah regardless no doubt you gotta get into you gotta get into golf i still have that baseball swing too where everything like slices to the right i gotta fix that give me an hour and a half or two at the range i can 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 are you are you the coach arc of golf (laughs) (laughs) maybe maybe not but uh thank you guys for tuning in we will see you on next week's podcast we'll see you